poets and intellectuals of this time, the innovative minds, the intelligentsia, those that are breaking down the barriers and choosing a bohemian existence, escaping from dreary suburban ideals and materialistic death traps. Where are these engaging people? The risk takers, the revolutionaries, those living apart from this big unrest, those escaping the sterility of corporate junkies who get high on materialistic consumption. Welcome to the Bohemian Beat. We will journey beyond the horizon and find the artists living on the edge, going down into the murky waters of their very existence, where these brave souls have re-emerged with art that is challenging, original and brutal. You have tuned into The Bohemian Beat. I'm ready with you for the next hour with poetry and music. We have a great show lined up today. Brisbane performance poet Reverend Hellfire will be joining us to talk about his poetry and antics. But first, let's settle in with some music.
was Sisters of Mercy with Lucretia, my reflection. I would like to introduce now Brisbane performance poet, the Reverend Hellfire, president of the Karilpa Institute of Creativity and an ordained minister of the Church of Spiritual Humanism and the Church of the Universe. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Rev, to the Bohemian Beat. Thank you, Rudy, for inviting me. You are welcome. So, poetry has obviously taken over your life. Um, yes. When did this take hold? A parasitic plant. I think it might have been genetic, actually. Uh, probably from about the uh, age of 12, I couldn't really think of any useful occupation except being a poet. No one told me then that, you know, you didn't make money out of poetry. Laughs, holiday. Apparently, over the famous Latin poet's father told him that uh, Homer died poor. And so you've, you've embraced this in, in, impoverished uh, materialistic life, but obviously a very rich inner world. Now, how long have you been um, doing poetry for? Uh, Performance-wise or writing? Um, when did it start? Um, let's see now. As I said, I started writing very young, um, got sidetracked for a few years doing sound projects with bands like the Tape Loops and Trash of All Nations up in Brisbane. Then another detour through performance art with uh, the Feral Transmission Syndicate and doing some buto with Zen Zen Zo. And then meandering back to performance poetry, of course, I was really sick of carrying amplifiers and guitars and having to tune. And it's great being a poet, it strips it right down to the guts of the performance, which is why I got into music in the first place was, you know, have a basic backing behind my poems and then I got sidetracked into writing songs and I came back home with lessons learned and now I enjoy just standing up there with me and my words. Just the words, that's the it. Words. That's fantastic. And would you like to share one of your poems, your words with us right now? Uh, all right. I shall read one for Byron Bay, seeing as it's down here. It's called Land and Sea. It's shore once more, where endlessly the waves reproach the land for leaving them. Return, they say, come back to me, come back to your dark mother now, the sea. But the land turns hard its cliff face against the ocean's pleas, adamant in argument as any other adolescent. is patient, strong and sure. In time her errant child will crumble and collapse into her dark embrace once more. Meantime, she turns a blue and smiling face unto the world as all the while. Her waves will endlessly batter and her secret currents undermine the shaky sand foundations of the land's self-esteem.
is colder than death with a city in the sea. This is a Bohemian Beat and I am chatting with performance poet Reverend Hellfire, reverendhellfire.wordpress.com. So Rev, what is happening in the Brisbane scene? Is it growing? Is it growing? It's solid. There's um, about three or four regular groups that are meeting on a monthly basis. Aside from the Krulpa Poets, there's Speed Poets, um, POW at the Princess Theatre, Ruckus Slam, and a couple of more around the fringes, the outer suburbs. And um, they're getting what I'd call healthy audiences. You know. But have you seen the scene since you started? Do you think the scene's really grown? or? I think it's grown a bit more in confidence. Um, yeah, definitely. So um, I can't say anything now without inter talking about Brisbane poetry politics. 
Can they hear me from here? <laughs> no, they can't unless they're Everything online. is fine. Everything <laughs> is fine. Uh, no, but um, uh, Ghost Boy, David Stavanger, I don't know if you've heard of him down this way. I, he won the uh, Nimbin Performance Cup a few years yep. back. Uh, he's now the head honcho at the Queensland uh, Poetry Performance Festival, I mean Poetry Festival, and he's uh, bringing a few surprises to it this year, I believe, so it should be pretty interesting. And look, aside from the regular poetry meetings, there's various things happening. We get invited to libraries and schools. Can you believe they let me near children? But I read cautionary poems, you know, of great moral worth, etc. So. Even Catholic uh, high schools too, they seem to be quite fond of us and ah. quite tolerant of the old Reverend Hellfire. And this, the Reverend Hellfire, when did that come about? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I, um, I used to be Guy Free Marijuana and the um, in, a hemp candidate for the Senate a number of times up in Queensland. Uh, got sick of doing that and I guess you could say I found religion. Hallelujah. Oh yes. Um, both the Church of uh, Spiritual Humanists and the Church of the Universe are, um, have, um, would you say, aims and goals not that dissimilar from myself. Um, basically, I started doing the Reverend Hellfire as a persona, and it's sort of taken over and eaten my life. And now I am the Reverend Hellfire, and it started as a joke, but now people treat me as a Reverend. I am must say, though, I am proud to say that um, both my churches have never been tainted by child abuse. Yay, Church of Spiritual Humanists. We rock. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Because there's no dogma? Could be. Uh, we don't have any restrictions on like celibacy or blah, blah, blah. Not, we're not real big on sin either. Our basic tenant is um, do no harm. That's pretty much in the nutshell for both of us. So. And, and how do you think this persona has actually affected who you are? Who I am? I've become a more caring and sharing person. <laughs> more compassionate. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting though, uh, I like walking around, I'm, you know, in, just anonymously today, but I, I do like dressing up as the Reverend and walking the streets of Brisbane and um, it's interesting to see the reactions I get. <laughs> Oh, yes. so, so it's like performance poetry, it's like quite an art on top of the poetry and it can really give um, the poet an edge. Absolutely. I'm totally passionate about performance poetry. I think it's taking it right back to the roots of what poetry is supposed to be, which is an oral performance, you know, with the, the, the poet and the audience. And, um, look, you know, I'm, I'm always pushing people to learn your poems don't just stand there and read them learn them internalize them because if you're not going to learn them if you don't think they're important enough to remember why would else anyone else remember them it's a sign of commitment of the poet to remember their own damn poems is what i say and once you do that then you can start doing things like looking your audience in the eye and coming down and you know getting up close and <laughs> putting a bit of razz-taz as i said it, it is the words but a, a little bit of cheap showmanship never goes astray. And so what about for the more um, introverted poets who might find the whole concept of um, life, performance, daunting? Any tips? Well, I'd like to think that um, the poetry scene's big enough to embrace both the people who are dedicated to getting a really top-notch performance and the amateurs or the first-timers just trying out. And that's what we try and blend at Kurilpa. 
But uh, I would say, yeah, look, memorise your poems, memorise your poems, memorise your poems. That's the first thing. So the poem and the poet, is there separation? Uh, yes, after I'm dead, hopefully my poems will do a lot better without me dragging them down into the dirt. <laughs> You've just reneged on the performance. Oh. No, no, well, they'll become part of legend, you know. Excellent. So you have um, another poem you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, just one moment. Uh, you wanted to talk about influences too at some stage? Yeah, did you want to read one more of your poems before, yeah. we, before we go to that? Shall uh, Let's see now. I know, well, you're all into alternative-y things down here in Byron Bay, I know. You know, astrology and Buddhism and meditation, all those occult sort of things. So today, free at no extra cost, I'm going to read you a poem entitled The Meaning of Magic. Confident, and there is, in fact, hidden occult knowledge in this poem, but I'm confident that nine-tenths of you won't have the faintest idea of what I'm talking about, so it's quite safe to share that knowledge. Oh, God, I'm conceited. I'm just... Ah, lying here. The Meaning of magic. Well, we were at this party in one of those towering modern apartment blocks when this girl told me she'd tell me the meaning of magic. Just then, someone started shouting, Quick, come and see! UFOs! So everyone ran to the windows to look. Sure enough, there they were. Half a dozen flying saucers, shimmering and swooping and looping in the sky above, illuminated from below by the city lights. Oh yeah, it was an awesome sight. But, needless to say, elsewhere military officials frowned upon this violation of the sovereignty of our national airspace. And the next thing you know, missiles with American flags on them are skipping and scudding their way towards us from somewhere over the rainbow. One of the missiles hits the base of the building and it starts to tilt and totter with a terrible groaning of mangling metal and crepitating concrete. I braced myself in the window frame so I wouldn't fall out and watch the land lean inexorably ever closer. I found myself wondering if I might somehow survive by one of those billion-to-one chances you read about, you know, cradled in a cocoon of twisted pipes and girders to be dug up days later by amazed rescue workers. But mostly, I wondered how much this was going to hurt. And finally, as the scene faded to black, I realised, sadly, that I never did get to learn the meaning of magic.
day comes up sicker than a cat something's wrong that is bad mr somewhere missing somewhere never did figure just Bohemian Beat and that was This Mortal Coil with Mr Somewhere and before that we had Robert Plant with Satan Your Kingdom Must Come Down. I am chatting with performance poet Reverend Hellfire. Rev, so let's talk about your poetic influences. Ah. Well, you know, start off with reading Shelley but um, there's been a few Bright lights, eh? Bukowski, hey? The first time I came across Bukowski, I thought, yes. Tales of Ordinary Madness, it's exactly right. It's the ordinary and, po- and poetry in the ordinary, and he found it and brought it back again. Respect to the, the drunken, rotten old man. Definite respect. Um, of course, uh, my uh, biggest... Oh, Australian influences, young Dransfield, before he died, he was uh, pretty influential purely because he was young and alive and doing it then and there. Uh, in Melbourne in the 80s, I was inspired by this incredible um, Dada-esque performance poet called Jazz Duke. Mm. Towering man, used to wear a full-length leopard print coat and a red fez. He was a performance, shaved skull, full-length beard. He was a performance just walking into the room. He'd take a line 
and he'd work that line over and over again till it's death and he and he showed me what you, what you could do with language and performance I think started to inspire me um, strangely physical theatre has inspired me uh, I've worked with the Buto group Zen Zenzo up in Brisbane and that's really opened up my performance skills I think but poetry wise ultimately I think um, Charles Baudelaire is my biggest poetic influence is yeah, definitely my hero is he can be both sardonic and tender. Um, yeah, he's first of the modern poets, and Excellent. definitely yeah. And would you like to share a poem from Bollet? I do have one of his committed to memory, which I would like to do. Yes, uh, it's one of his um, prose poems called "Comes the Charming Evening." Hope I don't mess it up, Charles. Comes the charming evening, the criminal's friend. Comes padding softly on wolf paws like a murderer's apprentice. Like a gigantic alcove door, night across the sky closes and humanity undergoes its bestial metamorphosis. To those who have laboured long, night is kind enough, the worker wearily trudging home the student unbends his back above his books, whilst demon familiars, punctual as businessmen, rise to their work, rattling the shutters and the eaves as they pass. Their passing is the fluttering of the gaslights. Prostitution and drug addiction invade the army through a thousand hidden gates like a secret army circulating securely in the city's clogged heart like a worm in an apple eating what all should eat. Here and there can be heard the hiss and clamour of noisy pubs and clubs, the haunts of criminals and their sleek accomplices who never heard of guilt or remorse, who will return to their work as a matter of course opening saves behind carefully closed doors to earn a few days living and put clothes on their horse. But hush now, my soul, this is a serious moment. Now is the time when the pains of the sick sharpen. Night clutches them about the throat like an executioner and holds them out over that abyss that yawns beneath us all. The hospital overflows with their groans. Many will not return to taste the soup's familiar flavour. Indeed, there are many who have never known the simple pleasures of the hearth, of a friend and a comforting meal by a warm fire. Pity such as them. Pity them. D'aller la voir 
les soleils mouillés de ces ciels Listening to the Bohemian Beat, brought to you via the Community Radio Network. And that was Charles Baudelaire, and you're also you mentioned another influence, Ferlinghetti. Oh yeah, the the beatnik poets. They were definitely uh, bad boys of poetry and kept the flag flying, black flag of poetry flying. And I do have a, a little. Oh, there is a Ferlinghetti poem here I could read at this time. That would be excellent. Okay, I like this when I was seventeen. Uh, my hip English teacher uh, gave me this book because he saw potential in my rowdiness. <laughs> it's his fault. Underwear. I didn't get much sleep last night thinking about underwear. Have you ever stopped to consider underwear in the abstract? I mean, when you really dig into it, some shocking problems are raised. Underwear is something we all have to deal with. Everyone wears some kind of underwear. Even Indians wear underwear. Even Cubans wear underwear. 
Fidel wears underwear. The Pope wears underwear, I hope. Underwear is worn by Negroes. The Governor of Louisiana wears underwear. I saw him on TV. He must have had tight underwear because he squirmed a lot. Underwear can really get you in a bind. Negroes often wear white underwear, which may lead to trouble. You have seen the underwear ads for men and women, so alike but so different. Women's underwear holds things up. Men's underwear holds things down. Underwear is one thing men and women have in common. Underwear is all we have between us. You have seen the three-colour pictures with crotches in circle to show the areas of extra strength and three-way stretch, promising full freedom of action. Don't be deceived. It's all based on the two-party system which doesn't allow much freedom of choice. The way things are set up, America in its underwear struggles through the night. Underwear controls everything in the end. Take foundation garments, for instance. They are really fascist forms of underground government, making people believe something but the truth, telling you what you can or can't do. Did you ever try and get round a girdle? Perhaps non-violent action is the only answer. Did Gandhi wear a girdle? Did Lady Macbeth wear a girdle? Was that why Macbeth murdered sleep? And that spot she was always rubbing, was it really in her underwear? Modern Anglo-Saxon ladies must have huge guilt complexes, always washing and washing and washing. Out damn spot! Rub, don't blot! Underwear with spots, very suspicious. Underwear with bulges, very shocking. Underwear on the clothesline, a great flag of freedom flapping. Someone has escaped his underwear. He may be naked somewhere. Help! Help! Don't worry, everyone's still hung up in it. There won't be no real revolution, and poetry's still the underwear of the soul, and underwear still covering a multitude of faults in the geological sense, strange sedimentary stones, inscrutable cracks, and that only the beginning. For does not the body stay alive after death and still need its underwear, or outgrow it? Some organs are said to reach full maturity only after the head stops holding them back. If I were you, I'd keep aside an oversized pair of winter underwear. Do not go naked into that good night. And in the meantime, keep calm and warm and dry. No use stirring up ourselves prematurely over nothing. Move forward with dignity. Hand in vest. Don't get emotional. Death shall have no dominion. There's plenty of time, my darling. And we, not still and young and easy, don't shout. Thank you. And that was a poem by Ferlinghetti. And we're going to go to another poem by Ferlinghetti, which was read by one of our presenters, Shell. And the poem is called Speak Out. And a vast paranoia sweeps across the land. And America turns the attack on its twin towers into the beginning of the Third World War. The war with the Third World. And the terrorist in Washington are drafting all the young men, and no one speaks. And they are rousting out all the ones with turbans, and they are flushing out all the strange immigrants, and they are shipping all the young men to the killing fields again, and no one speaks. And when they come to round up 
all the great writers and poets and painters, the National Endowment of the Arts of Complacency will not speak. While all the young men will be killing all the young men in the killing fields again. So now is the time for you to speak, all you lovers of liberty, all you lovers of the pursuit of happiness, all you lovers and sleepers, deep in your private dreams. Now is the time for you to speak, O silent majority, before they come for you.
You are listening to the Bohemian Beat. And we still have the Rev. Reverend Hellfire still here on the Bohemian Beat. So we're kind of running out of time, actually. It's amazing how how quick the hour goes. So just a quick um, question. How do you feel that your poetry has changed over the years? It's got better. He said, hopefully. <laughs> That's right. I'm doing my best work as we speak. I don't believe in looking back at the past. No, I think actually it, it has. Um, I'm glad I've lived this long to see these things and write these words. And uh, all power to young poets, but a poet who's survived a couple of decades or more, you know. They start to mature like wine or cheese. I'm not sure which of the two I'd prefer. Well, that kind of sounds a little depressing. I mean, like, you, so you're feeling that your poetry is getting better? Um, yeah, I, I do believe so. Um, my writing in general, uh, I think a lot of poetry, my poetry is telling a story, and I definitely feel strong in my capability of telling a story. At least keep people entertained, if not um, actually educated, although I try. It's the latest in edutainment. <laughs> So. And and so what are your what are your plans? What do you think? What, what are you going to do with your poetry as as time ticks on by? Ticks on by. Um, well, I'm going to keep on uh, helping to run the Karilpa Poets uh, group up in uh, Brisbane. Um, I'm going to pop up to the Nimbin Performance Poetry Cup this weekend. Excellent. And, um, are you performing? I I believe so. I've sent them my money. I'd better be. Um, yeah, last time I, I had to unfortunately disappear, so I want to uh, make up for that uh, occurrence. And um, next year, supposedly, I'm going to the Austin International Poetry Festival, which, assuming America lets me in, uh, which I'm looking forward to. That's in Texas, and it's supposed to be quite an interesting town. I said, won't people kill me? I mean, me in Texas, they'll shoot me won't they say no austin's different from the rest of texas it's it's the home of the weird so okay so you fit right in huh yeah that's what they reckon <laughs> would happen so tell us a little bit about the um Kirupa institute of creativity which you're the president of Karupa. Karupa. uh that's the um, local murray name for place of water rats we used to be abundant in the area and we've taken that up as our totem and uh yeah, we're a bit different from the other poetry groups in that we're not located in a cafe or a bar. We uh, rent a little croquet club hall and um, we do our own thing. Um, we make a bit of an event out of it. We have music, uh, we have visuals, as well as the spoken word, open mics, feature poets, and we have free food and wine and tea. And we encourage people to bring a plate or a bottle to contribute, so we have this big community feast of words and music and um, wine and poetry and sounds fantastic it is it really is we've got a good crowd of people there and i encourage anyone who's in brisbane on the last sunday of the month to pop over to the croquet club in musgrave park in west end and join us excellent and you have another poem that you wanted to read oh just a little one for my uh, beloved personal assistant and uh lifetime partner and this poem is inspired by her and it's called O Beautiful Man O Beautiful Man she called me what me I thought wondering, doubting peering into the cracked mirror of self-doubt 
But yes, it was true. The strength of her love had made it so. Well, I said, that's what the world needs. More beautiful men and more powerful women. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Bohemian Beat, Reverend Hellfire. Thank you for having me. And for more information, check out reverendhellfire.wordpress.com. That's right. Uh, every week on Sunday, there's the Reverend Hellfire Sunday sermons go up. Uh, a wide variety of poems, essays, stories, reviews. There'll be something to entertain you. And you get a cartoon gratis. Excellent. And good luck. With, um, with the competition this weekend at the Nimbin Cup and hopefully there'll be a great turnout. Indeed. Excellent. We will end with a track by Mortician's Wonderland. I'm Riddy and thank you for joining us on the Bohemian Beat.